Hi, 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 everybody. This is a bonus episode, and it's going to be a little different from our regular format. Uh, for anyone who doesn't really know, I am a writer slash comic book artist. And uh, anyone who's ever written anything will be able to tell you that writing mostly consists of having ideas when you are physically incapable of writing them down. <laughs> so I thought it would be interesting. I, in the spirit of the title of our podcast, Dream Age, we're actually going to talk about a dream that I had that was apparently just a culmination of different series that I love and talking to my wonderful bearded co-host here I have a beard about what he thinks of my headcanon of certain characters Um, we'll explain along the way and feel free to make your own sort of commentary about how you feel this situation would go if you were to write it but uh, thank you for being here and along for the ride. And I'm just going to go ahead and explain my dream. That wasn't in my dream. <laughs> but uh, and explain the way that my dream went. And we're going to make up an entire adventure from, from there. So just a little bit of... We oui, I didn't know you know French. I don't. <laughs> So, just a little bit of, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Context. I, I write things, I promise. I'm, I, I promise. But just a little bit of context. Uh, majority of the characters included in this dream are characters that exist. They are very well-known characters actually and in but they also include two characters that i made up myself that i'm currently working a graphic novel around and they are two characters in a relationship with one another so i would just like to preface this whole episode with that little bit of knowledge preface so any questions, my lovely co-host? No, I'm good. I'm good. You wanna you wanna bring my husband back? Cause I'm not sure what this voice is that you're doing. <coughs> yeah, mm, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <coughs> Shit. Sure. It starts off in the realm of. I don't know if anybody, like anyone who listens to this has watched Teen Titans, the series, the animated series. There was an episode where all of the men in the Teen Titans universe were basically taken by a wacky space overlord. Uh, they were essentially beamed up into an arena where they were all meant to fight each other. And everybody who lost the 
the main antagonist for the episode, he basically took their powers. So that was the premise of the episode. Uh, it was an episode about humility because Robin's whole shtick was winning isn't everything, it's just the only thing that matters. But does winning matter at the expense of your teammates and your friends? Yeah! <laughs> so keep that in mind as we as we go along with this whole fiasco of an episode. So uh, my main characters uh, one being Alec and the next her name is Kiara they were essentially beamed up into a similar situation but it was just the two of them to start off with and Alec was essentially used as a bargaining chip and Kiara her job was she was to track down the most powerful being the most powerful heroes in any universe and their counterparts and this bored overlord just essentially wanted amusement he wanted people to fight for him not for pesos but he wanted them to fight for him for his amusement so uh Alec was used as a bargaining chip, and Kiara had to find these heroes. Now, the heroes, and this is where I said all of these characters are characters that actually exist. The heroes consisted of Luz, Vi, Adora, Marceline, and... I'm forgetting Say Luz, Vi. Luz, Vi, Adora, Marceline... And I'm missing somebody. And Cora. Cora. So their counterparts would be held as hostages. So for anybody that doesn't know the context of the shows, that would be Their Luce. girlfriends. That would be Luce Luce and Amity from the Owl House, Vi and Caitlin from Arcane, Cora and Asami from The Legend of Cora, Adora and Katra from Shira twenty eighteen. And Marceline and Bonnabelle Bubblegum from Adventure <clears throat> Time. Bonnie! <laughs> so. Bonnabelle. <laughs> so. You got the premise of the episode where uh, these the heroes were beamed up to essentially fight one another, and their reason for fighting one another is that, hey, um, anybody who wins, them and their significant other gets to go free. Sounds great to me, huh? Like, no, how does that sound? How does that sound? Now, the way the dream progressed, right? I had started explaining this to to Jim before, but I didn't get all the way through. So, uh, my reasoning was that Luz would probably be the first one to be out on the sheer virtue that uh, she is the youngest in experience in term in comparison to everybody else present. Mm-hmm. And to follow that would be Cora, but because Cora purposefully forfeited the fight so that she could use her spirit bending in order to track down the rest of uh, 
to track down her girlfriend and everybody else's girlfriend. On the sheer virtue that she doesn't want to fight anybody for no well reason. So they're already, she's already coming up with a plan to say fuck this guy and get out of here. So, Luz is out, Cora is out. That just leaves Vi, Adora, and Marceline. Now, now, in my opinion, if I plot aside, plot aside, if I had to, out of those five characters who I think would probably actually be able to win, like if they were to actually, with all of their powers and all of their abilities, fight head to head against each other. Like, with no, with no, uh, for lack of better terms, uh, stipulations anchoring them against each other. Let's say they had viable reasons to fight each other at their full powers. Yeah. I would say first would probably be Korra, mm-hmm. which is the reason why it's understandable that she got taken out because of plot. <laughs> like, first would have to be Korra. Okay. Because of plot. But number one would definitely be Cora. Following that would be Marceline. Because Marceline is a badass vampire demon. And her ability is sucking other people's powers anyways. <laughs> the only thing that stops her from sucking other people's powers already is because of her own morality. But if she didn't have that moral compass, fuck yeah, all she, y'all. She would y'all, literally y'all, be a problem. She would have been a problem. Third would probably, like, now I say third because third is a three-way tie between Vi, Adora, Adora and Luz. Okay. Here's the reason why third is a three-way tie between the three of them. All of all of them, they all lose to magic. So, naturally, Luz has the advantage. The caveat to that is, is that Luz is the most inexperienced out of the three of them. So when it comes to actual combat, she is actually the weakest of the three. Yeah. So she would be the low end of the three. The second between Vi and um, Adora would be Adora. Would, uh, basically, Shira would be Shira slash Adora. Mainly because, yes, she has super strength. She has the power of fuck off, plot, armor, whatever you want to have it. Um, she is, even though she is a, a general of sorts, she makes bad decisions. She. Oh, she, let me, let me, let me. Okay, okay. Like, this I, is I was, my, this is no, my head, Kevin. No, I was just going to explain. Oh, go I on, was going to emphasize your point that go on, go on. Adora has, Adora is, for those who don't know, Adora is a child soldier. So she does make, she can, let me say, she can make, make good tactical and battle like good tactical decisions she can but her moral compass tends to get in the way of what she what would naturally be a good idea so she's too busy trying to make sure that everybody gets a win and within that everybody tends to lose because she's trying to please everybody in the situation yeah it's a situation of you try to please everyone so much that you please no one instead yeah but I'm not even talking about that. I mean, like throughout the his throughout the season of Shira, she has actively made bad decisions. Yeah, 
sure. Like, I'm not taking away from her ability to fight, mind you. But she it's her decision making that makes it bad. Now the reason why I put Vi to the top of the list is because no matter what, compared to the three, Vi had no choice but to be innovative and she had no choice but to fight for her life on more than one occasion. Yeah. Like she was basically put in a prison and had no choice but to fight for herself. The only like out of the three of them, she's the only one that has no magical ability. The only thing she has is her fighting ability. And whereas there are times, yes, where she does make some very emotional decisions, she does not do them in spite of the greater good. For instance, there was this, uh, in Arcane, there was a scene where she had to choose between going back to Jinx mm-hmm. or going back to the city. Yeah. Uh, she chose the city, even though she really wanted to go with Jinx. Yeah. So she made the decision for the greater good, and that comes from being a good leader. Well, as opposed to well, well, we'll have to be a bit more candid than that because the decision was actually kill Caitlyn and you can have Jinx back. No, no, no. I like. I mean, if oh, you, you mean on the bridge? I talk scene. about the bridge. Okay. I'm talking about the bridge scene where she had to, where she well went when, to look for Jinx. Yeah, when she was on, when there was she was she didn't have she was unmolested by any extra decisions going on. Yeah. She had to choose, do I choose the greater good of everyone or do I selfishly just choose my sister? Yeah. And she chose the greater good of everyone because Jinx was already doing things that she could not agree with. Was one. And two, is like, if I choose my sister, I still can't protect any, I still can't protect her anyways because yeah. people are still going to come for her. Yeah. So the best decision to do is to let her escape and for me to go to the city. Yeah. Like that, to me, that is the sign of a good leader. Yeah. And comparatively speaking, out of three, Vi is the better fighter. If it if it comes down to abilities, it's between it's a fight between it's a fight between um Adora and what's this bitch name? Luz. It'll be a fight between Adora and Luz. I don't think Luz would stand a chance against Adora, honestly. But magic trumps everything. Always remember but they both have magic. No no no. They don't. She-Ra, She-Ra, She-Ra is literally the embodiment of magic. I can If you want to go with that, yes, she is po- she is empowered by magic. But Luz has a wider array of magic. She can turn invisible. She can produce light. She can make fire. She can make ice. Like she has a wider array of magic. So when it comes to actual abilities, I would say Luz has the most advantage. Because keep in mind, even though Adora can fight, arguably speaking, like if you take away, like if you take away the magical abilities, um. It becomes down a fight between Adora and Vi. Mm-hmm. And hands down, Vi wins that. But when it comes to a, uh, a fight of abilities, I would say Luz has the most advantage, mainly because she has a wider array of magic and she is very innovative with her magic. Comparatively speaking, Adora, I'm not taking away the fact that Adora has magic and Adora is powerful as She Ra and whatnot. And she basically has the whole avatar lineage thing going on where it's like all the previous Shira basically powered me up to bullshit i'm not taking that uh, away from no, her it's, it didn't really work out like that essentially Shira is like uh what's the best word well you know about he-man essentially what it is is that you were born into this race of people and she, and the the magic essentially is chosen by one of the like it chooses someone of this race of person. So it's not that you get the powers of the previous Shira. It's just that the previous Shira has died and it needs a new vessel. Oh, so so, so 
pretty much so like Shira, that. Shira remains the same no matter who it embodies. But it can only embody someone who was born of this race of people. So it's the Avatar with extra steps. All right. I'm not taking that away from her. What you said. Like, I, I know I, I grossly oversimplified it. I know I grossly oversimplified it. But what I'm getting at is that I'm not taking away from her magical abilities. Yeah. But my thing is, is that when it comes to her magic, what does it give her? She is super strong. She's super fast. She can heal. She can heal. And all the rest of that good old She can bullshit. breathe in space. Breathe in space, right? <laughs> but that does not take away the fact that Luz can turn invisible. You can't hit what you can't see. Fair. And even in their own universe, people who can sense magic cannot sense invisibility. But the caveat to that is Luz can only be invisible for as long as she can hold, hold her, her breath. breath. And she can't hold her breath forever. She <laughs> holds her breath long enough to fool somebody who can detect magic. <laughs> like, think about that. She She's fighting somebody who can actively see through lies and detect magic, mm-hmm. and she still was able to fool him. Mm. And that's what I'm getting at, is that out of all of the three of them, Luz is the most inventive. Like she's she, the, she is um, she is very innovative. I'm not yeah, she's the most innovative of the three. But when it comes to Han Han, um, if you take away the magic out of the three of them, arguably speaking, they're still, like, she would be to the bottom of the list. Yeah. But, but if you were to take... Who has the most battle experience along with the magic and the bullshit of the universe? I will put Vi to the top because Vi has fought somebody who is basically on who was on magic steroids, and I shit you not, she still was fighting this dude I mean, hand to hand. To be fair, with no magical abilities. Completely fair, because like uh, in terms of experience, minus Marceline, because Marceline is like no. That's the reason why Marceline. Yeah, that's the reason why Marceline yeah. and um, Cora are. Yeah, they are one and two Vi, respectively. Yeah, Vi would be the oldest, and she does have. She would be the most experienced fighter out of anybody there because Vi has literally been fighting from since she was a child. Yeah. <laughs> so, whereas Adora was too, but uh, the the circumstances were very were very, very different. different. It's the <laughs> difference between being a, a a child soldier and how you have no choice but to fight for your life. Yeah. But it's kind of like, uh, the, the reason why, at least in my dream, it turned out to be a fight between Vi and Adora in the end is because it all came down to the whole, I guess, everybody's moral compass. Mm-hmm. The thing is, uh, Luz lost first based on her inexperience. And because, like, at the end of the day, she doesn't want to hurt anybody. So Luz much like Koro, would kind of understand that, hey, we're all here based on uh, XYZ circumstance, but that doesn't mean we have to fight. We just need to be able to trick him. So, Luz loses first, and Koro loses second. Koro is able to more or less find where the other girls are very quickly, because... Mm -hmm. They're, imagine them being trapped in a room together. Now, uh, as per the <laughs> the trope of most sapphic couples, whereas the heroes are the strong, punch them out, punch your feelings out type of people, they are literally all in relationships with some of the smartest people in their worlds. You have Catra, who's a literal warlord. Caitlin, who's a detective. 
Bonnie is a scientist, Asami is an engineer, <laughs> and I feel like the again the least experienced in the situation would be Amity, but Amity is also very book smart, so she'd be able to keep up with the conversation and come up with ideas, and arguably. Being with Louis would also teach her how to be innovative. Mm-hmm. But then you throw the wild card into the mix. Um, Kiara. Who got them there in the first place. Yeah. And it's like, she's not being forthcoming. As a matter of fact, she's barely saying anything to them at all. As far as she's concerned, like she had to do this thing. Because she currently doesn't know if her girlfriend is alive. <laughs> at all mm-hmm. right now so it's basically trying to turn a situation of the enemy of my enemy is my friend and uh caitlin kind of initially takes on that role because she sees kiara there she doesn't immediately be angry at her because hey you brought us here to begin with like it's your fault that we're here it's like nah it's like there's obviously a reason you did what you did because you're a person you're not an evil you're not a bored evil alien space lord <laughs> <laughs> you know, so hey man, she, game master, right? Yeah. So, right now, it, it's a game of make Yara believe that we're we're here to help her, and then everybody can kind of come together and make a plan. Mm-hmm. So, right now, when Cora uses her spirit bending, is what I'm gonna call it, to find them. I'm going to say astral projection. That, that's literally what it is. But, uh, you know, copy. Can we be copyrighted? No. No. They didn't invent astral projection. They just but called they never it, called it astral projection. No, they say it was spirit, spiritual projection or spiritual bending or something of that sort. Yeah, so it's like she uses that to find Asami and by proxy she finds everybody else. Yeah. And, um, oh, I forgot to mention previously when Luz and her lost, they essentially got uh, a bit of their DNA, a bit of their dinner got stolen. <laughs> their dinner. And then they got tossed into a cell. Just so you folks know, the dinner is DNA. Because <laughs> I understood what she meant when she said that. But you might not. It's DNA. Hey, man, she's I... a fucking weirdo. Listen, none of you watch Zootopia? Come on, man. It's a good movie. <laughs> but they all get tossed into a cell and um, Alec is in her own cell and she's kind of like beat up and worn up and before Korra uses the astral projection to actually go find Asami she tries to figure out who the fuck is this other person in this cell because there was only like X amount of us so why is there somebody else here already mm-hmm. and then she sees Alec mm-hmm. and when she's talking to Asami and the rest of them, it's like she she explains that hey, there's somebody else here. Like I found somebody else, and that's kind of what piques Kiara's interest initially, mm-hmm. as opposed to just fucking riding them out because like what the hell is this? Like okay. what is this ghost and why is it here? Okay, so question: mm-hmm. Is it a situation of Alec had to fight another one of the gladiators? I'm going to call them gladiators for the sense of, for the sake of simplicity, uh-huh. but it's kind of like that she had to go through some trials and she just think I'm what she had to fight somebody else. No, it was more of a situation where um, she 
what she was initially going to be one of the quote-unquote heroes to fight because... That's like gladiators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Heroes. There was heroes. no, there was nobody else to fight. So her job, her she's like Kiara was going to be the bargaining chip mm-hmm. initially, but Alec was like, "Yeah, no, fuck all this. Hey, uh, she is smarter and much more organized than I am. You should use her. You should tell her to find your heroes mm-hmm. or whatever." And it's essentially just like Kiara resisted. And it was more a situation of, okay, well, if you're resisting me, let me show you what happens if you resist me. Ah, so she talked So him. she had to fight. Like, Alec did fight for the for the most part, but when you're outnumbered, it's like... But I mean, like, who did she fight? Uh, it's like... Random. Random minions. So, it was, yeah, so it was like a, she was in a Coliseum-like situation. Yeah. And so she just had Random done. minions. Yeah, so okay. So she had that, to fight a yeah. tiger and a lion <laughs> at one point. So that's what made Kiara relent. It's like, it's like yeah, he's I, not like he's not joking. He's not fucking around. So I have to find all of these heroes and I have to find what their weaknesses are to bring them here. Otherwise, my girlfriend is dead. So that's, yeah, she doesn't know. She's not the wiser. Yeah, she doesn't okay. know what's happening with Alec. Persian, please, please stop trying to curl up one side of me. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Love you too. Yeah, so that's the situation, and now that Cora's just like, oh no, we we got her here with us. She's she's fine, ish. She she's alive. She can use words still. <laughs> she's breathing. Ish. <laughs> Kiara's now like, do I help these people and hope for the best, or do I just continue to do what I'm told and? hopefully be the one to make it out of the situation alive. So that's that's uh that's one half of the equation. So the other half like the other half is just these niggas trying to figure out like are we going to actually fight? Are we like what are we doing here? I I think it might be a situation of like I don't I, I don't know where your head cannon or your dream went, but for me it's kinda like we have to pretend to fight as hard as possible. Because now we have information that the, arguably speaking, the game master didn't want us to know. Mm-hmm. So now we have to pretend or at least fight hard enough to convince him that mm-hmm. we're not on him. Yeah. Until we can find a way out. That is essentially where it does go. They do pretend oh. They do okay. pretend to fight for a while. And Korra, now that she has information from both sides, this is how Marceline gets out now. So she spirited herself... Back into <laughs> you can't tell, but I just like I did the whole blinking meme of the guy who just blinked. Just like you said, what? It's like what did you say? She like? she spiritiesed herself back Spirities. to where she yes, she spiritiesed herself back to where they were fighting, and tries to get Marceline's attention without getting the attention of everybody else because she now she already knows from where they scuffled already that Marceline can shapeshift. Mm-hmm. So now it's just a situation of hey, so. How about crazy idea here? You need to shapeshift like one of these minions that this man got on this whack ass ship and try to find a way to unlock ourselves. Please and thank you. <laughs> That's why I said like like I said, like out of all of them, if you were to put all of their powers on the list, Kura has too much. She has all of the abilities of the previous avatars, plus her own abilities. Mm-hmm. Plus, arguably speaking, she is the best fighter out of all of them. 
even if you take her banding and waste, her core as a, her core ability as a fighter is still pretty fucking good. Yeah, she can she can fist fight. That's that's what I'm sure. And that's, but then she also learned bending that didn't exist in the other avatars. Fucking time. spirit bend. She, she can spirit bend and she can metal bend. Like those are something that like. Ang, I don't know if we don't even know if Ang learned how to. No, we didn't know if Ang learned how to metal bend. But at the very least, she got all of Ang's bending because she could. Because spirit bending was a thing that Ang could do, but she did it on a different level. Yeah. And then on top of that, even after, arguably speaking, after um, Rava was ripped out of her and she lost all of her pre her ability her communication connection to her past life, she still had all of their abilities anyways. Yep. Plus you learn, plus you learn how to turn into a giant fuck off kaiju. And after Listen, that, we don't talk about season two, okay? Then on top of that, <laughs> she could metal bend, and then after that, she had PTSD, and she f- literally fought her own demons. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> and I, then she learned I, actual spirit bending. Yeah, so Cora, Cora can fight. And she's also a pretty damn like she was already a damn good waterbender, so she could already like, uh, you can't really show if somebody can bloodbend, because bloodbending was a rare thing that you learned how to do, but if you practice enough, it's not far fetched to think that yeah. she could do it. But on top of that, Cora was a healer. Like, yeah, she could she, heal. She she can heal. So that's kind of the that was kind of the deal, I guess, that made Kiara want to lean towards trusting them. It's like, hey, if I can get to her, I can heal her, and it's like, well, can't can't really uh can't argue with that logic. Can't argue with that logic. It's like, do I pretend to like this guy who is threatening to kill me and or my girlfriend, or do I trust this person who could potentially break us out and heal my girlfriend and we leave? And we go home, and I never have to be here again. That's a lot of ants in the script in the statement. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with the ants. <laughs> so, I get more benefits from the ants. Yeah, so essentially now it's just getting Marceline to forfeit, I guess, the fight and shapeshift and uh, mosey her way into shapeshifting into one of them set, and then getting getting all the access panels that she needs in order to get, you know get them free and stuff so now it's actually just Vi and Adora and at this point I the uh, bored evil overlord is catching on that they're not putting all of their effort into it I'm not gonna say he's he knows that they're forming a plan he just knows that they're not fighting up to their potential because for Marceline and all of her powers to just like lose so quickly, yeah, you, you yeah, that's like Mar- Marceline is the hella powerful. <laughs> like that's the reason why I said like she is only number two to Cora. Like I know there are gonna be some people who be like, no, Marceline is much stronger than Cora. But I mean, like, essentially, she could rip. All of the abilities, like Cora can literally rip all of the abilities out of Marceline. If Marceline can literally just look up in your face and be like, hey, how's it going? <gasps> yeah, yep. but see, the only this issue. Mine now. But see, Thanks. the only issue with that is, is that Cora literally lost all of her abilities to be the Avatar, and she still was able to fight on a cosmic level. Yeah. Well, I, let me not say cosmic level. At least on a, a 
extremely heightened spiritual level. Yeah. She was a kaiju. Yes. She and, uh, became for, a kaiju. Yes, I shot a I shot a bean from her chest. I've never seen breast milk being shot out of anybody's chest that way before <laughs> in my life. Well, for uh, season two and all its faults. Season two was weird. Season two was weird, but we you know what we understand. We understand. We 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 try to give it the benefit. But of yeah, stuff. that's why I so, say the mar- the only difference between, um, I would say between Marceline and Cora, would be that Cora can spirit band and for all sense of his purposes, for all sense of purposes, a demon is a spirit. Should sorts. we be giving context? I feel like we should be giving context. In terms of what, like the powers, I guess, because like. The, the, well, I guess let's just not assume that everybody knows who does what. Okay. In Marceline's case, Marceline can turn invisible. Okay. She can change. Oh, hold on, hold on, wait. Uh-huh. First, and first, first and foremost, Marceline's only inherent ability is the ability to suck, suck out of souls. people. Suck yeah. souls. And because she can suck a soul, she gains their powers. Yeah. So because of that... That is the ability she was born that with. That is the ability she was born with. She always had that ability. Uh, she was bitten by a vampire king. So no. that's how she became... Immortal. That's how that's, she became immortal. And that's but, how she became the vampire queen. Yeah. But she absorbed other vampires' abilities. All like the big, the big name the, vampires. Yeah, the, she absorbed all their abilities. Yeah, which consisted of invisibility. Shape-shifting. Shape-shifting. Healing. And the vampire king's ability himself. And, yeah, which is just transforming into a giant fuck-off. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, that was his that was his ability. Now before she absorbed the vampire king, he bit her, so that's how she became immortal. That's how she became, that's how she became a, a full fledged vampire. Because even though she absorbed that ability, she still was technically only a demon. Only half demon, yeah. Yeah. Now, that's her. Cara say, uh you I have am a the list. Avatar, you gotta deal with That's it. Now, it. I'm not explaining that. If y'all haven't watched Avatar, y'all don't need to be listening to this show. Like, <laughs> like to be honest, it's like, what abilities doesn't she have? Like, truth be told, like, the Avatar can use all the abilities from the four elements. Yes. That was the inherent ability of the Avatar. The only issue is, is that every time there was a subsequent Avatar afterwards, because they are always reincarnated. Every time the previous Avatar died, the other one is basically born with their past life knowledge after a certain period of time. So, like, they can tap into their past lives to gain all of their past lives' ability. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, arguably speaking, when I, when Avatar Lost Airbender started, I could spirit bend. That yeah. was the last ability that I, he learned. Yeah, because I'm, because of he was born in the Air Nation, they are arguably the most, most spiritual nation. Right. Like, he, like, he is... Captain Spirit. <laughs> like, he can spirit bend, and it's not in the sense that he can take his spirit out. He can take your bending away. He can, he can literally your take your abilities, yeah. your strength, your powers away. He That's take, what he can do. Yeah. That was his unique ability compound on top of what all the other avatars can do. Yes. Then put that onto an impulsive girl. Yeah. Korra cannot Sorry, only, woman. Yeah. Korra can, Korra can not only take your bending away, she can give it back. That's, that's, she can give that's it one back. Of the, that's one of the first things she learned. She can also she, she also learned how to friggin' metal bend, which is something bend. none of the other avatars can do, or at least canonically speaking, we don't yeah. know if they can. But that's something that she can do. The only other avatar who would have been able to do that was Aang, and we don't know if he and we do don't that. know if he could do it. <laughs> then on top of that, there was 
turning into a motherfucking kaiju, I'm always going to refer to her turning into she a kaiju. She did turn into a giant spirity monster. Right? <laughs> and she can actually spirit bend. And I know I use the word spirit bending a lot, but she can this is... Project. Yeah, this is different from what I can do. I can... I'm spirit bending was he can take away, he can take away your abilities, your bending. Of course, um, spirit bending was she can astral project and she can restore spirits. Yeah. Like she can, she was a, she can heal spirits and she can open portals. That was what she can do. Yeah. Motherfucking OP. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I don't care how you want to think But you know, this is a better avatar, but you know, we're not going to get into that. But on top of I that. I was a better avatar. But Korra was better as a person. Yeah, but on top of that, Korra can fight. She can like, fight. Like, if she didn't have her bending, she could still very well punch you in the mouth. Like, real dog. She can, <laughs> like, she can still fight. Yeah. And that's the caveat to it all. Because even though she was a waterbender, she preferred to use, like, fire and earth. Because, because they were the punchy They were the punchy powers. Like, they... They were violent. <laughs> Yeah, so Korra in and of herself is very powerful, but Korra is also the more enlightened, I would say, of all, all of them, them. Yeah. which is why her initial instinct was to say, I forfeit this fucking fight, so let me see how the hell I can get all of us out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Vi's power is she has a Vi, Vi magically empowered fist. Yeah, Vi does She wears gauntlets, Vi and is, they punch you. Vi is the only one of this list who doesn't actually have any superpowers. She doesn't have any she superpowers. She has the Atlas Gauntlets, which are gigantic magical fists powered by magic. Right? <laughs> magic, magic. Magic, magic. But always remember, don't you ever forget this when I say this, okay? Vi stands for violence. Yeah. She will, she will punch first and ask <laughs> questions, maybe. She has no issues blocking punches with her face. Which is why... This is why in like in my in my weird dream brain headcanon, Vi and Adora were the last ones in because out of everyone's moral compass, I feel like Vi would probably teeter the most based on the fact that of where she grew up and what she learned. It's like, hey man, like I understand that Y'all ain't really my enemies, but this nigga got Caitlyn somewhere hostage, and I about to, I, I about to end somebody' whole existence if I don't find her in like ten seconds. My only and is- in Adora's case, it's like Adora will try diplomacy first, but Adora will eventually lose her temper, especially if Catra's involved. Her out of the cast of heroes. Vi and Adora have the worst tempers. Yes. Like, that's that's about it. They have the worst tempers. So I can only imagine what that would be like when that clashes. Because Adora is like, when somebody isn't listening to reason, that's when she gets mad, and that's when she actually starts using her, her abilities to the fullest. As our parents, or most black parents used to say, <laughs> when you don't listen... Thou shalt not hear... Thou shalt feel. If you don't listen, you can feel. <laughs> but my only thing with that is is that um, Vi would choose the greater good begrudgingly. 
she would always she would always choose the greater good begrudgingly Agreed. and she has done that numerous times she's tried to choose the greater good it doesn't always work out for her it doesn't always work out in her uh um her favor mm-hmm. i'm using arcane as the main basis not the canonical stuff i'm using yeah. arcane but she would choose the greater good first because she knows that her selfish actions will cause problems so it's kind of like I choose the greater good, and it didn't turn out. It didn't turn out so well. So I'm going to choose my selfish actions at this point. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like to me, Vi always kind of had like tunnel vision, and whereas she was always doing things for other people, she was only doing things for other people that mattered to her, because using the the fight with the Cambarans and Zon as an example. A little boy literally died in front of her, and she's just like, he knew what he was doing. Nigga, like, what the fuck are you getting upset about? <laughs> so like, it's kind of yeah, like, hey, yeah, well, it's that level of callousness where it's just like, yeah, he knew what he signed up for. I don't care about him. I just give a shit that this place goes down on the ground. So, yeah, Vi has it out for Silco at that point, and she just wants to get Powder back. Even though Powder has already kind of proven that she's, like, long gone. Like, she's long gone. So, that's why I'm saying, like, Vi kind of has tunnel vision. So, if she feels as though Caitlyn is in some sort of danger that she knows nothing about, I feel like she will argue with herself about it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, especially if this dude is starting to catch on that they're not actually fighting up to their full potential, it's going to come down to, like, I gotta think about myself or everybody else. And Vi is a protector by nature. She will protect her own versus well, everybody else. That's literally what she was brought up for. Like she yeah. had to care for all of her, for all of her brothers and sisters. She had no choice but to protect them. Like, even like consider that when the whole situation went down with Piltover, mm-hmm. she was more than willing to turn herself over. But it's like, if you turn yourself over, who's going to look after your brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. Like, you are the one looking after them. What you're doing is incredibly selfish for you. Yeah. You're giving up You're giving up yourself to protect them. But by trying to do that, you don't actually protect them. Yeah, you're you just leave pro- them vulnerable. Yeah. So you're not actually protecting them. You're actually running away from responsibility. Now, I get what you're saying where she has tunnel vision. But look at what she did first. She actually tried to go to the council and mm-hmm. tried to plead her case. Yeah. And even when it came down to Jason, it was kind of like, you killed somebody. Mm-hmm. You actually killed somebody. Yep. But you don't realize that this is what you have been doing for years. Yep. I'm now hardened to the fact that you always kill people. Yep. Like people on above ground, people in Piltover have been killing us for years. Mm-hmm. I'm hardened to it. Yeah. You're just starting to feel it. Yeah, it's more like you can't look it in the face. You can't look in the face, Whereas but I had no choice. I've, I've been born in it. Yeah. Molded by it. I I didn't get to see death until... <laughs> I, was, I didn't get to see peace until I was an adult. Yeah, pretty much. So, but that's what I'm that's, getting at. I, that, and that's where I feel like... This is why they would kind of clash uh, Adora and Vi. Because they are two people where it's like... Violence is what happens when diplomacy no longer works. <laughs> My only issue is, is that... Vi would actually try. Mm. I'm not saying that Adora wouldn't try, but I feel like Adora's. I, this might seem biased. This might seem biased, but Adora's thing is, is like, hey, let's not fight. No, okay, 
pulls out sword. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, Adora is no... Like, she's auction no brain. <laughs> the brainy parts come from, I will try to talk you out of this. It's like, hey, let's not fight as I unsheath my sword. Let's not fight. I point the sword at you. Let's not fight. Turns to the Shira. Okay, we're fighting. Well, I'm already here, so let's go. Yeah, Adora said it herself. I'm, I'm not really the feelings guy. I'm more of the punch it out guy. Exactly. That's like, why I feel. That's like, why Catra is the smartest of the two of them. Now, that's not to say that Adora is dumb. No, I'm not but, saying that she's dumb. Yeah, but she's more impulsive. Yes. Which is weird because you are in a relationship with someone who is literally a cat. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, speaking of Catra and the rest of the... Uh, oh, the, so being on the B the, side the, of the story? Yeah, the girlfriend squad. Catra's uh, doing better, but she's still hostile as fuck. And she's also still a warlord. So she's still doing... She's doing more or less reconnaissance. Trying to figure out who in the fuck are these people I'm stuck in a room with. <laughs> so that's Catra. Yes. She is very smart. She yeah. Is. The thing about it is, arguably speaking, all of them inside there are smart. Yes. Even Amity, even like, she might not be, like... She's not engineer, scientist spe- smart, yeah, but com- she's book smart. Like, comparatively speaking, between the four of them, she is not, like, the most inventively smart. But, like you said, she is book smart. Like, Amity is smart. And I feel like out of all of them, she would probably be the first one to actually bust them out. But she always has a slime golem with her. Yeah, she always has her. And it doesn't take her much to summon. Abominations. Abominations, yes. Yes, Yes, the abominations. She doesn't have. It doesn't take her much to summon one. And even, like, arguably speaking, if you haven't watched Owl House, I'm sorry. This is a bit of a spoiler for season two. Like, even when they were looking for their palismans. She had an abomination with her, and you don't know where it was. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's it's the whole, like, think of Katara, where Katara always had a pouch of water on her at all times. Yeah. It's the same thing with Amity. She has a pouch of whatever the fuck abominations, abominations are made out of. Are made out of. <laughs> yeah, and that goes to show that she's, even though she might not be, out of, arguably speaking, out of the five of them, like, actually, she might not be the smartest one. But she is the most innovative, just like a girlfriend. Yeah, just like she's the most innovative one in the sense that she can think outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Same thing with um, Caitlin. Caitlin is an actual detective. She can she gains tunnel vision. Like she will look at the at the objective and forsake a lot of things that happen around her. Yeah, but she can. Focus on a ta- on the task at hand. She can, and also like out of, I feel like out of all of them, Caitlyn has the most empathy. Yeah, Caitlyn, and then there's Caitlyn would be like that's why I said Caitlyn is the person that just kind of looks at Kiara and doesn't immediately get angry that you forfeited us over to this warlord for whatever reason. Like no, Caitlyn looks at her and it's just like, but why? He has someone here that means something to you, hmm. doesn't he? And that's just who Caitlyn is. <laughs> Bonadelle will probably be... Bonnie, speaking, Bonnie and Asami are already trying to figure out how the fuck we get out of this room. <laughs> to be honest, Bonnie would probably be the most prepared ingenuitively. But I feel like, based on all of the things that we know about Bonadelle, is that she is... She is very rigid. She doesn't think outside of the box. Yeah. She thinks she knows it all. So when something happens that is outside of her realm of understanding it's like it doesn't make sense i need to stop and understand it even though it cannot be understood with conventional means like she does not understand magic yeah she doesn't understand magic 
She acknowledges that magic can exist mm-hmm. later on in the series. She understands that, but she does not understand it. Yeah. Pretty much for anybody who hasn't watched um, Adventure Time Obsidian, uh, Bonnie always kind of prepares for other people to fail. And that's where her and Marceline's relationship got a little bit of strain in it because Marceline is feeling like you expected me to fail, which means you don't have any faith in me. Mm-hmm. As opposed to thinking about it as Bonnebel is just somebody who always wants to be prepared for something. So much so that she doesn't see the other possibilities sometimes. Yeah. She writes something down as a fact and that <laughs> fact is now irrefutable. <laughs> yeah. That is her reality now. And then we got Asami. Asami is just... Asami is just fucking sexy, man. I, I mean, she is but sexy, seen, yes, but she is also her? smart. She is She is an actual engineer. She is actually an engineer. She is very... She's actually an engineer. Yeah, and, like, arguably second to Caitlyn, Asami would also hold a certain level of empathy. empathy. Yeah. yeah. Catra is very hostile. Catra is Catra. Catra is a cat in a person's body. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. So, whereas Asami and, well, Caitlyn and Asami to a lesser degree are trying to figure out what Kiara's deal is. More or less trying to get her to warm up to them. Uh, Amity is, I guess, trying to. Switzerland? She's not really Switzerland. It's just that she feels out of her depth there, surrounded by so much older people. Because. Don't forget, Amity is the type of person where she deeply respects authority. Mm-hmm. So if she feels like she's not exactly qualified in comparison to everybody else who's present, mm-hmm. then she's not really going to... She's just going to like follow instruction. But where a place where Amity and Kiara kind of bond is over there, they love books. Gay, I know. I I kid you not, I literally went to say gay. Yeah. So, it's, all of it culminated in them trying to get Kiara to, like, trust them. But with trust, you have to, like, you know, make yourself a little bit vulnerable first. And then she will give that vulnerability back. Yeah, give and take. Yeah. Until Marceline gets to them, because she does eventually get to the room that they're in. Mm -hmm. Now, it's just a matter of... Escape. Yeah, it's an all-out fight still between Vi and Adora. They are actually not holding back now. So, now it's just... So, so I'm sorry to say it like this. Uh So, literally, Vi is just blocking every blow with her face, and Adora is literally taking every gut shot she possibly can. I mean, why did you... You did not have to put it like that. But it's true, though. Vi can't fight. But she is not above getting a punch in the face and, and dishing it back up. But you don't want to get a punch in the face by Shira, but she can lift tanks. <laughs> she... You're saying that. Vi is powered by magical gauntlets. And she can fight. Shira is magic. <laughs> and Adora can also fight. Arguably. Hey, That's debatable. No, she, she could fight. Debatable. For the seasons that I've watched Adora fight, it's very debatable. She spent more time running and escaping than actually fighting. 
Because Adora went from being child soldier to trying to keep the peace. And it's like, if, you're, if your natural impulse is to always want to punch something in the face, but you're trying to be a peacekeeper, the but, best option would be kind of to run away. But, arguably speaking, Vi went from trying to be a peacekeeper to wanting to always commit violence. I mean, Vi, I don't recall the moment. Vi stands for violence <laughs> and victory. Yeah. But you got to get to them. You got to go through the violence first to get to victory. Yeah. So Vi and Adora are having their all out war. And now it's like the B plot is slowly coming in to meet the A plot because now Kiara is a team player or whatever. She's not actually she, the girlfriend. Yeah. Group. She's now basically telling everybody. Uh, what she's learned about the place so far, what she knows about the Overlord and where things are and whatever have you. So now it's just like Marceline trying to get the currently locked up crew, aka Cora, Luz, and Alec out of their respective cells and uh, getting getting everybody together so to speak. Mm-hmm. Interesting dream. Is that the end of it? Or? No, it's, it's not because like I said, uh, well, I had mentioned to you when we had stopped talking about it. You know how the episode of Teen Titans went, whereas, like, the overlord that kind of teleported them up, he essentially took their powers for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way my dream went, he used Alec as the guinea pig. So he tried to see if all of the powers that he has accumulated so far, a.k.a., uh... Well, Louis doesn't really have any powers. She has magic. She has magic, but it's not internal magic. It's just magic that she's learned to apply. But then it would be magic knowledge. Yes. So she. So essentially, it's uh, Louis, Cora, and Marceline. And How the fuck uh, they can beat her, buddy? Uh, yeah. Plot. <laughs> plot is literally how they beat them yeah so uh, that's essentially all of the powers that are currently circulating within Alec but uh, interestingly enough and I know you're you know you're gonna rage about this okay let me have this let me have this Vi loses now. the fight <sighs> only because Shira damages the Atlas Gauntlets but Vi can still fight without them she can still fight without them but Shira can bring the dead back to life. <laughs> so it's With like, a magical kiss! So, but the thing is, Shira's regenerative ability is... And the thing is, the way Shira's powers work, you wouldn't exactly be able to take Shira's power, if that makes yeah, sense. You can't? You can't. Okay, you're saying that. But literally think of Marceline and what she herself can do. That's fair. But the only reason why that... Then think of Cora (laughs) and what she can do. She can literally take away your powers. That's true. But the difference between literally everybody, so like everybody in the hero cast Mm -hmm. and Adora is that they're human and Adora is not. Okay. I give you that. I give you the fact that Adora is the only alien here out of the four people here. But she is not beyond the conventional means outside of 
their universe. Think of it like this. In the Avatar world, bending is their magic. Yes. In the Adventure Time world, they have too many they have too many people with different abilities and whatnot that magic actually is only a facet of things that can happen in their universe. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And loses in out and loses a realm of the Owl House. There anybody people, can learn magic. Anybody can learn magic. Mm-hmm. And lose proof that you can learn magic from anything and you can manipulate magic to do what you want. Mm-hmm. So there's not beyond me to say that you can look at two different things of magic and make something new based on what you know about magic. Shiver knows how to punch hard. <laughs> she okay. only knows how to make muscles hard, punch hard, and move slightly faster than normal. I have sword that I can swing. Well, hold on, hold that thought. Because the thing with Adora Shira is that Adora broke the sword. So there now is no physical sword. Think of it like the way Adora became Shira initially was think of it like Mjolnir. The same thing. Mjolnir. It's like you can only pick this up if you are worthy. No, so same thing like with um Himan. Like you need the sword yeah. in order to transform. Right. Which is originally what Shira was built on. Right. But then she broke the sword and lost her powers and then right. she eventually regained her powers. Through but she thought. can summon the sword. Right. But the sword is not a physical thing. It's like, not a physical sword. It's not a physical It's magic. Yes. Guess who can manipulate magic? Right. Right. Okay, hold on. I guess who can absorb magic? Listen, don't question my dream. I guess who can take away magic? Listen, don't question my dream. Okay. okay then. But what I'm saying, I'll what I'm saying is I guess who that, can punch magic? What I'm saying is that uh imagine if you will all of these other characters can have their powers because of uh, trial, tribulations, and the things that they've learned and the personal things that they've been through. Right. No one can use Shira's sword other than Shira. And that's fine, but what if I take Shira from you? <laughs> that's it! That's all Marcy then, has then, to no, do. No, then there's just no Shira. Well, there you go. <laughs> Now, see, I get it's your brain. And the thing is, Marceline is already out of the fight. I understand. I yeah. understand your head can, your brain's head can, and that. Hey, this is, my, this is my dream. I, I, I yeah. don't debate your brain. I don't, I don't argue with your dream. I think your dream is fundamentally flawed because being somebody who has no magical abilities and have to fight people with magical abilities proves, like, proves your candor. It proves to your worth. Mm-hmm. Like, even before she got the Atlas Gauntlets, she still was punching people in the face. She picked up a woman and threw her into the wall. She picked up Savika and tossed her into the wall. Easy. Like, she didn't even struggle with that. She was like, vice slams for violence. I have to live up to my name. Okay. Alright. We're not, we're I not. thought she was going to suplex her. She was like, nope, this wall is closer than the ground. We're, 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 but go on. Yeah, but like again, literally the fights in my the, the way I dreamed that the fights in my dream all came down to the moral compasses of each character. The thing is, at a certain point, yes, Vi and Adora were fighting for realsies, mm-hmm. but then they made the decision that one of us has to, to lose. lose. Yeah, and I feel like uh, it would make more sense. If Vi lost, because 
Nobody needs Shira's powers belonging to anybody other than Shira. So let me get this right. <laughs> In your head, Cannon, uh-huh. you really think getting the second best hand to hand fighter to lose is your best bet? If you take away all the magic and all the abilities of everybody up, you really want the second best fighter who also has the first best fighter's abilities, fighting capabilities, all in one body, and you think that was going to end well? Hey, man. Alright. So. Neat. Uh, Alright, cool. This is, this is where the dream starts to get interesting. It hasn't been interesting yet? Shit. Oh, jeez. Alright, so here is where things take a little uh, turn for the for the better worst. Yes, I said what I said. And uh no, I don't understand how I have issues coming up with a cohesive story actively for the stories that I'm working on, but in my brain I can apparently come up with an entire <clears throat> plot and anthology and two series sequels <laughs> in my sleep. But that's just the way writing works. It'd be like that. <laughs> Um, fast forward and everybody has seemingly gotten away. Now, for anybody that's not familiar with, um, Shira lore, <laughs> I'm not going to use the term very loosely. Um, okay. Shira does have a spaceship. Mm. Uh, the spaceship's name is Darla. Yes, the spaceship has a name. So when the king and queen of Bright Moon had realized that Shira and her counterpart are missing, they decided, where the fuck did they go? Who do we do? Where did he go? So uh, in space, they all managed to escape and find their way upon Darla. Because that was the easiest point of teleporting everybody out of that place. And they're all thinking, hey, no, we've escaped the thing. Now we just got to find a way for all of us to get back to our respective universes. And all will be right with the world. All will not be right with the world. It won't, no. Yeah. Because, uh... Plot say. That can't happen. We can't have nice things. No. So, Alec was essentially used as the guinea pig for all of these powers. And now he's trying to see if all of them can cohesively live within a body before he uses it upon himself. Spoiler alert. They can. But what interested him about Alec in particular is where all of these heroes seem to have a... They had a good sense of strength. In terms of the physicality of it, like they were all very physically powerful. Mm-hmm. Alec is someone who you would call mentally powerful in the sense that she has a weird, uncanny ability to overcome. Mm. So, what you just said, what she has is plot armor. <laughs> she doesn't have plot armor. Because she can, uh, canonically, to my to my story that I'm working on, she can defend herself, but she's human. So it's just basic bitch self-defense. Like, she can fight, 
But she can't fight against superpower magic people because she lives in the realm of normal normal people. But in terms of her <clears throat> mental capabilities, she's been through some shit, but she's always managed to process and overcome and be nice to the like being nicest to the people that have treated her poorly. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a double-edged sword for the uh board over space overlord because he's like I wonder how she's able to overcome so much and I think that all it takes is just somebody <clears throat> being pushed to the point of no return mm-hmm. in order for them to turn into like I don't want to say supervillain but it's more like to it, be morally corrupt. Yeah. So, so it's a similar situation to the Dark Knights. It's like all you need is one bad day. Yeah, all you need is one bad day. And what essentially, and essentially, what he does is, Alec has already been injected with all these powers from the champions that have lost. So she has it in there, and but as far as she knows, like everything is normal. Everything is fine. Everything feels the way that it should feel. But what he does is he more or less takes her worst memories and plays it on repeat to kind of prime her into an off mindset. And what he does to kind of break it all is... He takes the day that he messes with her memory in a sense that he takes the day that her and Kiara were having leading up to their abduction and warps it. So, that's a very long way of saying that he brainwashed her. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially what it is. Fine. He brainwashes her and then that kind of makes her snap. So now all of these powers, she has all these powers and it's like, all right, my champions, time for me to get the fight that I would have liked from the very beginning. So let's see how you fight. Okay. Seize them. Interesting dream. It was a whack-ass dream and I loved it. It was chaotic. But now it's essentially all of these heroes versus one person with four out of five of the powers available. No, they lose, right? <laughs> like, like, there's no debating whether or not they win. They lose. Like, they lose. <laughs> so that is actually where my dream ends. So. Interesting. Interesting. So, you had a battle of the gladiators, an interlo- intergalactic battle of the gladiators. Intergalactic battle of the gladiators. Uh, spanning across multiple uh, cartoon universes. Yes. And ending with your own main character subsequently becoming the big bad end guy. Yes. It's okay. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm kind of interested. Like, I really wish that I knew how that dream ended. Alas, you like had to wake up. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be some uh, power of love bullshit. Because of course it's plot. Plot is the only yeah, way to win. it's that literally the only way to win. Either that, or you behead her, put her in the sun, take a stripper of all of her <laughs> spiritual energies, uh, uh, cast her and well, seal her in ice and stone, and then give her the Los GBDs. Los GBDs? She already has the Los GBDs. No, you have to give her more Los GBDs. 
You have to give her. That's five of them, and she is the one. You have to give her nine more Los GBDs. Nine more Los GBDs. Yes. <laughs> nine yeah. Los GBDs will, will be good. But it's, it's better than giving her the Los Hebe GBDs. The Los Hebe GBDs. Okay. I understand. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, that's where the dream ended. And I, I, it, it was so odd. Like, I woke up and that was just on my brain. I'm like. Oh, fuck, you can't be thinking of elaborate shit like this when I'm awake and I can physically write it down. Like, <sighs> you know, I mean, and not with characters that don't belong to me, well, preferably. Well, your muse always chooses to inspire you in unorthodox ways. You can't ever expect your muse to inspire you in a way that uh, you understand sometimes, you know. Yeah, it, was, it was a very fun dream to have. Realize we've been talking about your dream for like the last hour and ten minutes. Correction, hour and nine minutes. I mean, that was the point of this bonus episode, was it not? Well, yeah, I me. guess not. I <laughs> wasn't expecting it to be like a whole hour long. Jeez, I was thinking like maybe thirty minutes, half an hour. Listen, half of it. I kid you I'm, not. I felt I, like half of it was giving me play by plays on statistics on why this character would win versus why this other character would win. That's pretty much what it was, and that's like the, the, that was the fun part about it. It's like. I my dream went one way, but I am interested to see how you think my dream should have went based on your knowledge of Listen, these characters. It, it makes sense that Cora had to take herself out because she can't win, and it's understandable that Marceline takes herself out because she can't win. They are the two most powerful people there. You can't beat them outside of plot. So maybe the, the audience should tell me who they think would win between a five way a five way fight. Amongst uh, Luz, Vi, Adora, Cora, and Marceline. I'm sorry. I I think if a lot of people think, I think they would say Marceline would win first. Marceline but is the most problematic. She would literally be, the only thing holding any of these heroes back would be their moral compass. Yes, the morality was what I would say would hold them back. But my thing is, is I understand. I take away certain factors. Is that um, for me? The key difference between Marceline and Cora, specifically the number one and number two, respectively, was that their abilities span into broken territory. Their abilities <laughs> span into broken. So my thing is, is, if you take away all of their quote-unquote broken abilities, what are their fighting capabilities and their battle IQ? Cora has been fighting for years. Same thing with Asami. Uh, sorry, same thing with Marceline. Marceline was a, bount, a vampire bounty hunter for some time. Yeah. I will not take that away. The issue is, is that whereas Marceline decided to be a bounty hunter, she is self-taught. Cora has been taught by masters. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, she developed her own fighting style based on her own personality and preference. Which is the reason why throughout the show you normally see her using fire and earth. She prefers to, she's a much more abrasive person. Yeah. Overall. Hyper aggressive. Right. And because of that, she learned how to fight through that. Oh. And then she became fucking spiritual. But I digress. It comes down, if you take away the abilities, if you just base it on this abilities alone, I think it's a very hard tie, but it's leaning more in Marceline's favor. But if you would take away, if you were to put it to their ability to actually fight, I think Korra has the upper hand. And that's the reason why I put her above her. Because when it comes to battle IQ, I think they're equal. 
when it comes to experience, I think they're equal in their own respects. The only difference I would say would be that, yes, Marceline has lived longer, but Marceline hasn't fought for a hot minute. And even when she did have to fight again, like fight people who were understandably more powerful than her, she had help. Yeah. Cora pretty much had to do one-on-one fights mm-hmm. with people who were understandably better than, stronger than her and tried to actively kill her. And Cora went the sand road. It's like, fights this person. Ah, shit, I got my ass kicked. Fights this person again. <laughs> I gotta be quicker than that. Yeah, that's it, you know. <laughs> so that's the reason why I put Cora above everyone else is because whereas... All of Marceline's experience are her own. Cora has compounded experience. Yeah. And if you were to take away her, the fact that, yes, she no longer has a past life to call upon, she still has their experience. She Honestly, already, like, she's uh, already had their experience at yeah. least once. It's weird because I don't even think she fucking needs it at this point. Because even in season one, when she still had access to her past lives, the only thing they did for her was make sure that she could go into the Avatar state. And she did that. Listen, I don't think you understand. All of her bending got taken away and her past life came and gave it back to her way. Anyway, which gave her the ability to give people back their bending. That's the thing. Like, all she had, well, her, her bending got taken away and then she was finally able to airbend. Which, like, I would argue the semantics about that. But... That's all what we're here for. Her spiritual trucker was blocked, and now it's no longer blocked. I guess. <laughs> so the only thing she could have done after, well, near the end of the season was airbend. But, you know, that doesn't matter, I guess, because she got it after her bending got taken away. <laughs> but, but for some reason now she can airbend, but she can't bend, bend? <laughs> hey, hey uh, I, I don't know where you're going with that one because she can still airbend. It was a mental block. It literally was a mental block. Yeah, but she and st- then it got taken away. She still couldn't bend the rest of her powers until she was able to go into the Avatar state. And how did she get go, get to go back in the Avatar uh, state when Ang came and said, "Hey man, your this is my cameo for your show." Okay, thanks. Bye. It's like, "Hey man, <laughs> I see you're having some hard time doing my job." Here, I'll make it a little easier for you. Here's your powers back. Hey, K-Bank, bye. See you later. You'll never see me again. <laughs> at least until another season. You will never see me again. At least until another season. We never saw Aang again. At least until the second season. <laughs> and that I, was it. I After will, the second season, will, we never saw Aang again. I will always remember Nikki Marina's fucking video on Avatar. It's like, Excuse me! <laughs> What the fuck are you doing while Cora's down there on the struggle bus? <laughs> what? No, she doesn't need me. Oh. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she fucking needs you. She's like, Roku just there like, nigga, I was there for you. <laughs> you need. The majority of the season. And you just decided you gonna show up for like five minutes and then fuck off to the spirit realm? All right. Yeah, because it's like, hey, man, she got this. She got this. She got she okay. Got she this. don't got this. She don't she got don't this. Got no, this. she don't got this. All right, I'm a I'm a help out. I'm a I'm a throw her some avatar juice. Like, All you right, got, you would right, think that this. because Cora's only issue literally is the avatar was her spiritual capabilities. You think Mister Fucking Spiritual himself would make more appearances than the one he did? But nah. Hey man, he made more experiences after that. He showed her her past. 
So thank you for listening to the ramblings of my uh, weird fever dream. Like, this was kind of fun for me because I am a person that doesn't regularly remember their dreams. So the fact that I remembered this was just like, I felt the need to talk about it. And it also was fun bouncing off ideas to somebody else because they know the lore of the majority of these characters. So... It's fun to hear somebody say it. It's like, hey, your brain went some weird places, but let me tell you why you're wrong. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. So, I mean, like, feel free. Let me know who you think would have won that five-way fight and how you feel like that story would have ended and how you feel like it would end since, you know, like, now one person has the power of four of the strongest heroes in across the multiverse. <laughs> I keep telling you, our plot is the only way that can win. The power of love. No, the power of love, GBDs. Same thing. Anyways. <laughs> we Thanks was... for listening. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's all I got. Okay. Hi, everybody. Bye.